your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 733 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we got a special Sunday night edition of Locked On New York Ranger here. I figure, why not? Uh, the Rangers went to Chicago, basically cruised to a 7-1 win against the Blackhawks. I mean, there were little chunks of this game where I thought the Rangers maybe could have played a little bit better, but uh, overall, fantastic performance. Nice to see them do what you're supposed to do uh, against one of the cellar dwellers in this league. And sevens were wild for the Rangers. Think about it. There were uh, the Rangers obviously getting their seventh straight win here. You had seven goals scored by the Rangers, scored by seven different players. You had seven Rangers with multi-point games. And uh, just to boot, seven straight losses for the Chicago Blackhawks. Pretty crazy to think that the Rangers now 7-0 ever since the infamous Jacob Truba helmet throw. And uh, in the time that has gone by since then, the Blackhawks 0-7. And uh, obviously the Rangers owe the Blackhawks one after a just embarrassing performance in Madison Square Garden, losing that game 5-2. But obviously they come back here and uh, they get the Blackhawks back. They pay them back, beat them by a final score of 7-1. And uh, like I said, just a, a strong overall performance by the New York Rangers. So we're going to break this one down. A couple of things I want to talk about today. Certainly want to start uh, by talking about how the Rangers basically just killed it when it came to the rush. They scored their first three goals on rushes into the zone and had another goal, I believe, goal number six on the night. For that was Vitaly Kravtsov. He scored on the rush as well. So the Rangers were lethal on the rush. And of course, you know, not just the goals, there were a couple other chances they had storming into the Chicago zone in transition on the rush. A couple of opportunities that they did not convert on. You're not going to convert on all of them, uh, but the Rangers converted on a bunch in this game. And uh, that continues to be a strength of this team. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, also, want to talk about some of the chippiness from this game, uh, some bad blood from the last one carrying over and probably even from last season as well. Uh, an injury to Philip Heedle, upper body injury. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well. Fingers crossed, obviously, that uh, Philip Heedle is okay. I don't know who's had worse luck this season, either him or Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, both of them have been injured a couple of times and been in and out of the lineup. I believe this is now, if Heedle ends up missing time here, this, I think, would be his third different injury that has forced him out of the lineup at one time or another this season. So obviously unfortunate because when he's been out there, uh, Philip Hedl has been very, very good for this team, was very good in this game here tonight, had a goal and an assist uh, before he left this one with the apparent upper body injury. Also just going to talk about the concept of the New York Rangers basically just being back to the New York Rangers. And I'll explain what that means in a little bit here. You probably have an idea. Uh, but yeah, let's start with uh, talking about the Ranger prowess uh, when it came to rushes into the attacking zone. Absolutely lethal in this game. Uh, there was a shift early in the game, uh, still scoreless at this point. And the kid line had a really nice uh, sequence. Uh, Lafreniere pressured the puck in the Chicago zone, you know, just inside of the blue line there along the boards, forced the Chicago Blackhawk player into an errant pass. The pass was intercepted in the neutral zone by Capo Caco. Uh, Caco 
led Philip Heedle back into the Chicago zone. Heedle took a shot and it was saved. But their very next shift, uh, the kid line converts, uh, specifically Philip Heedle. He finished from the doorstep. And basically what happens, you've got Fox pinching in. Uh, he prevents the Blackhawks from working the puck up the boards and is able to, you know, step in, intercept the, the pass or whatever it was. Again, the Blackhawks were basically just moving the puck up the boards. But Fox comes in, takes control of it, uh, gets a pass to Lafreniere. Lafreniere stops the pass with his skate, knocks it down, and then passes back the other way to Philip Heedle, just kind of a short pass there. And Heedle scores from the doorstep, gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead. Uh, that was 13-04 into the first period. And this began a stretch where the Rangers scored three goals, all on rushes in less than six total minutes. And, you know, a so-so start to this game was looking like, you know, maybe it might even be scoreless at the end of the first period, and instead the Rangers explode for three goals. Uh, but not too long after this, let's see, about about three or four minutes after this, you have the Rangers on the rush again. Uh, Adam Fox zips in up the right side. This had goal written all over it. Adam Fox, you know, just another casual three-assist game for him in this one. And when he's moving, uh, the way he was moving, up the uh, the right side here, and he's got options, and he's got some space. You just have the feeling that Fox, you know, he sees the ice so well, he's going to find somebody. He's going to find somebody who's open. He's going to get the puck to them. He's going to put it on a tee for them, and that's pretty much uh, what he did right here. So he makes a pass over to his left to Panarin, kind of a backdoor pass to Panarin. You had VZ and Trocek, each of the two of them going hard to the net, and Fox, again, he passes back instead of trying to force it to one of them. And you got Panarin in the slot. He's a good bet to score from this spot on the ice. That's exactly what happens. And just like that, the Rangers up 2 to nothing. And then uh, you've got the Rangers winning a board battle in the defensive zone. Another big-time rush up the ice. This time, once again, the kid line. You've got Alexi Lafreniere just, you know, like he was shot out of a cannon, going hard up the left side. He passes back and to his right to Filipito. Uh, Heedle is moving toward the net, and he passes to his right over to Capo Caco. And uh, Caco, bit of a sharp angle, but he had this all the way. He shoots and he scores, makes it 3 to nothing in favor of the Rangers. So in the blink of an eye, uh, the Rangers turning a scoreless tie in the first period into a 3 to nothing advantage, and they were well on their way to winning this game. You also had uh, Kravtsov. We're talking about the Rangers, you know, their prowess on the uh, on the rush in this game. And I think a breakaway obviously counts. Um, but basically, you know, and this is late in the game. This is all just kind of uh, the exclamation point, so to speak. The Rangers were up 5-1 to one at this point. You were pretty much guaranteed that they were going to go on to win this game. But you've got Lindgren to Panarin. And then Panarin with a really nice pass up the center of the ice into the neutral zone. Springs, Kraftsoff on the breakaway. And Kraftsoff goes in and scores. So the Rangers scoring four of their goals on the rush. A lot of young players contributing on the rush here. All just very, very good stuff for this Ranger team that uh, has quite clearly turned a corner. Uh, I, at this point, I don't think anyone can deny it. They've won seven in a row and have looked uh, really, really good doing it. Not going to say it's been perfect. I, I think, you know, if you want to nitpick here and there, there's probably certain things you could look at from both this game and the game against the Flyers uh, that were not perfect. But you know what? They just went on the road for a back-to-back -back this weekend, and they won the two games by a combined score of 13-4. to So they didn't do too bad for themselves this weekend. I think pretty much everybody would have to agree there. Uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling in just a second. Like I said, I want to have uh, some thoughts on just the overall chippiness from this game. Got kind of nasty at times. Uh, Lafferty was in the middle of everything for the Blackhawks. 
I mean, he was in the middle of everything as far as, you know, starting trouble and starting issues. He wasn't in the middle of everything as far as uh, doing anything worthwhile, as far as, you know, producing some offense or scoring some points or anything like that. But uh, yeah, for the extracurriculars, uh, Lafferty was right in the middle of it. We're going to talk about all that in just a second. But first, just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball to hockey and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And as I just mentioned, this is a Pretty testy game. I think the fuse is kind of lit on this rivalry. I mean, I know it's an original six matchup, but you don't really think of uh, Rangers-Blackhawks as being like this this crazy, out-of-control rivalry. They only play a couple of times against each other every season. And, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of nastiness between these teams. Before last season, you know, Truba had the big hit. But it was on Kyra, and, you know, he was stretchered off, and, and there was some bad blood there. And in the last game... You know, the Rangers were sleepwalking. Jacob Truba tries to wake everybody up. He's hitting people. He's getting into fights. Barclay Goodrow got into a fight in that game as well. Got kind of nasty. Of course, we got the helmet throw from Jacob Truba. And then Anthony Siu, after the game, uh, he had some choice words for Jacob Truba. And I do not have the exact quote in front of me, um, but I do know that he said something along the lines of, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Truba... He hasn't scored any goals. You know, he, he's not very good and this, that, and the other thing, all this stuff. So I guess he feels like he has to go out there and hurt people uh, to be effective and to help the Rangers win. First of all, I don't even know where to start with this. Let's think about this logically, though. So Jacob Truba, in his career, I don't think he's ever scored 10 goals in a season. And, you know, Anthony CU, I mean, I get the fact that he's trying to stand up for his teammates or whatever, you know, after Truba... Uh, You know, had a big hit in the last game and got into a fight in the last game. But Jacob Truba, and we can debate whether he's truly an $8 million a year defenseman or not, but whether he is or not, the reason why he's that high paid, the reason why he got that long of a contract, it's not because he scores a lot of goals. Jacob Truba has never really been a goal scorer. I mean, most defensemen aren't. You know, he brings a lot of other things to the table, the leadership, the toughness, the nastiness, the physicality. Uh, the ability to obviously contribute on both special teams uh, units. He can be on the ice in big spots in the game, you know, toward the end of a game. Jacob Truba, you know, has been a really solid all-around player throughout his career. But uh, that is kind of funny to me, though, because, you know, Anthony Siu himself, he's making $3 million per season. And, you know, it's not an enormous amount, but as far as, you know, what he's done to contribute so far this year, let's see, 28 games for Anthony Siu, he's got six goals and three assists. As David Quinn would say, whoop-de-doo. It's not like Anthony Siu is over there, you know, uh, you know, setting all kinds of franchise records and looking like one of the true stars of this game. I was going to say true young stars. He's 28 years old. I mean, he's had a fine career for himself, but let's not act like this guy sets the world on fire every single night. Uh, but that part of this whole thing aside, 
you know, there was a lot. There was a lot as far as, you know, some of the things that Lafferty was pulling during this game. Uh, you had a situation where the kid line had a great chance. I mean, they had a chance to score their third goal of the game, and it was only the second period when this was happening. Kako had a great opportunity from the doorstep, could not quite finish. But then you notice that Philip Heedle is down on all fours. He was hit really late on this play by Lafferty, and he was eventually ruled out with an upper body injury, and fingers crossed that he's okay. Uh, the Rangers, you know, you don't want to lose anybody, and you don't want to lose Philip Heedle, who right now is probably on pace to have uh, the best season of his career by a, a pretty safe margin. So, again, hopefully he's all right. Um, you know, the Rangers, they, they were kind of back on their heels for the first few minutes of the second period. You had Brodzinski getting, getting shaken up. Uh, he was laid out by Lafferty as well. Uh, Lindgren got Lafferty back. He put a big hit on Lafferty, knocked him down to the ice. So uh, at least Lindgren retaliated. But besides that, there wasn't really a lot of retaliating by the Rangers. And Lafferty was not done. Uh, you had a situation a little bit later in this game where uh, Igor Shosturkin had the puck behind the Ranger net. And he was kind of off to the side a little bit. And Lafferty skates up and just checks him down to the ice from behind. No penalty called or anything like that, and no retaliation from the Rangers. And I know uh, a lot of people are going to say, man, you know, I, I wish we still had Ryan Reeves, and I get it. You know, I miss Revo too, but Reeves isn't here anymore. I mean, facts are facts. He, he's just not, and again, he, he was a, a solid Ranger while he was here. But somebody on the Rangers has to, at some point, I think, have some kind of a response to this. I'm not saying you have to sucker punch him in the face or, you know, cross-check him in the throat. No, nothing like that, but... You know, at least go after him during a play stoppage or something like that. Uh, because Lafferty, like I said, he was kind of in the middle of everything as far as the extracurriculars were concerned. He's already taken out Filipito on a questionable hit there, a late hit. And now he's knocked your goalie to the ice and, and taken the chance of uh, possibly injuring him. So I do wish the Rangers would have had a little bit more of a response, even just kind of like a verbal response after a play. Do something. You know, give me something. Give me some kind of a uh, retaliation here uh, after this guy has, has basically just been pulling a bunch of nonsense the entire game. But as far as uh, testiness is concerned, we got to actually backtrack just a little bit here. Nobody uh, who saw this game is going to forget this anytime soon, I don't think, because it, it was pretty funny. Uh, Jacob Trua scores a goal while the Rangers are on the power play. That gives them a 4-1 to lead in the second period. And, you know, nice play. Panarin to Mika. Mika drops the puck for Truba. Truba uh, shoots it and scores. But what caught everybody's attention was what happened after the play because Anthony Asiu, as we just documented, uh, was the guy who had some choice words for Jacob Truba after uh, the Blackhawks win against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden. And as fate would have, would have it, uh, Truba scored and Anthony Asiu was on the ice when it happened. And so Truba looks at me and says, hey, hey, you want the puck? So that was great. Uh, you had McCabe then. He retaliated against Truba uh, during the play stoppage here. They, they kind of met around the red line, and uh, McCabe shoved, shoved Truba. But that that was great by uh, by Truba there. I mean, just uh, sweet revenge, so to speak. And, uh, you know, Panarin was there, and, uh, you know, he was laughing quite a bit because, of course, he was. Um, but, yeah, great stuff from Truba just kind of answering back, chirping back at somebody who, again, had some choice words for you after the last game. And, uh, yeah. Just uh, part of a, a really strong overall night for the New York Rangers. Uh, I figure we'll keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to talk about this concept of the Rangers potentially just being back to being the New York Rangers. Because for a while, we all knew what Ranger hockey was. And then for a while, Ranger hockey became you know, just sloppy play and bad turnovers and just not being clutch and a whole bunch of other bad things too. Um, but they have turned the corner. And at this point, they look very much like the team 
that we saw last year, that we saw uh, exceed expectations, go on that awesome playoff run. Uh, so we're going to talk about that concept in just a second. Uh, also want to uh, talk about uh, you know, the Ranger rebuild versus the Blackhawks rebuild, because there's there's a couple of differences there, and I want to uh, get to that as well. But we will do all that stuff in just a second. All right, so are the Rangers back to being the Rangers? I would have to say yes. You know, for a while there, things got so bad that I came on here, and I know a couple of you guys agreed with me uh, through some YouTube comments and a couple of emails that you guys sent me as well. Um, I came on here and suggested because the Rangers had played so bad for so long and it wasn't like it was bad luck or, you know, another team was just firing all cylinders and that's why they lost. In most cases, the Rangers were losing because they would have these mental lapses, these lulls, they would take bad penalties. Uh, they were terrible in the third period. They didn't know how to play when they had a lead. Uh, Igor Shosturkin was not in God mode, which apparently now he back he is back in God mode. He had a very uh, strong game in this one too. A little bit under the radar when you're winning 7-1, to one, but Igor was very, very good in this game. But bottom line, when the Rangers were going through that stretch, uh, it was just atrocious. Nobody was skating hard. And I looked at it, and I after a while, I mean, the evidence had piled up, and the Rangers had lost to so many bad teams and, and just awful fashion. And I said, you know what? This is who they are now. This is who the Rangers are now until they prove otherwise. And of course, they have a lackluster game against the Blues through two periods. They're down by one going into the third. They rally. They win that game. And I'm happy. It was the best period that the Rangers had played in weeks and weeks. And I know you guys were excited as well seeing them win that game. But I came on here and I said, it's great. It's great that they rallied and won this game. But for me to really believe that they're back, I'm going to see have to see a lot of evidence uh, that suggests that this was not a fluke and just a random good period that can happen at any point in a season. Well, six wins later for a total of seven straight wins. Yeah, I, I think the proof is in the pudding at this point. That the Rangers are back to being the Rangers. You know, just skating hard every single night, dominating the third period, getting some secondary scoring, Igor being Igor, uh, good special teams play. Uh, some good physicality on most nights as well. Take your pick, man. You know, the Rangers, they're they are beating good teams. They're beating bad teams. They're winning on the road. They're winning at home. And uh, got a real opportunity here with seven straight wins. Only two more games before uh, the uh, holiday break here. So uh, going to be very interested to see how the Rangers uh, fare down the stretch here of, you know, the, the rest of uh, – 2022 here before you get the holiday break and then a couple more games before the year ends. But man, what a 180. Uh, this has been an absolute blast to watch seeing the Rangers turn this around. And I think, yes, the Rangers are back to being the Rangers. I also want to talk a little bit about the lineup. I mean, there's not too much to say about this one, which is kind of why I waited so long uh, to mention it because there weren't any changes. The Rangers went with the same uh, 20 players that they went with in the last game. The only difference, of course, was that Igor Shesterkin predictably was back between the pipes for the Rangers and uh, played very, very well. Uh, besides that, though, uh, Julian Gauthier, a healthy scratch for the second consecutive game, which I think is okay. He had kind of slowed down a, a little bit. You know, the fourth line has played well, and Gauthier has been a part of that, uh, but somebody has to be the odd man out. I don't think you want it to be Kravtsov right now. You wanted to get him back out there at some point. Uh, Sammy Blay was probably never going to be on the bench for too long. And Brodzinski has played, uh, you know, okay, since he's been called up from the Hartford Wolfpack. And on top of that, you need him to center the fourth line because Barkley Goodrill right now is playing with uh, Panarin and Mika. So Gautier just kind of the odd man out right now. You hope eventually he gets another chance. But, uh, you know, the Rangers are rolling, and 
would not be stunned to see them roll with the same lineup against the Penguins on Tuesday. And as far as the defenseman, uh, Ben Harper, uh, he's back in there. And Libor Hayek is a healthy scratch once again. And uh, again, I'm fine with this. Harper's done okay. And, you know, Hayek had his chances. Zach Jones had his chances. Now they're giving Ben Harper a little bit of a chance. But a bit of a revolving door as far as the sixth defenseman is concerned. But Harper's big. He is physical. And uh, he got into uh, one of the post-whistle skirmishes in this game. You know, somebody kind of hit Trocek late on a play stoppage in front of the uh, Ranger net. And Harper stepped right in there and shoved him and, and got in his face. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know without looking this up, because I'm still kind of learning a lot about Ben Harper, like I'm sure a lot of you are as well. It's not exactly a household name. I'd be lying if I said I've watched hours and hours of Ben Harper tape, because I have not. But, I mean, if for no other reason, just the fact that this guy is as big as a tree, uh, he's not the kind of guy that I would want to fight. And I'm, I'm not encouraging, you know, you know, senseless violence and just fighting every single night. But I have to believe that if, you know, if it really hit the fan— and there was really just a nasty game, I would have to believe that Ben Harper, based on his stature alone, is not somebody who would be afraid to drop the gloves. Just kind of my gut instinct on that one. Um, but yeah, you know, Harper's been all right so far, and, you know, we'll see. The Rangers might still look to upgrade that spot, you know, at or near the trade deadline, bring in, you know, a veteran, a rental, whatever it might be. But, you know, through a couple of games here, Harper's done okay for himself at least, which is good. And uh, the other thing I want to talk about here. You know, the Blackhawks right now, they're in the middle of a pretty big, you know, soon-to-be teardown rebuild. I don't know if you can really call it a teardown rebuild if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are still there. And we'll see what happens with the two of them at the trade deadline. Maybe Patrick Kane ends up being a member of the New York Rangers. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But the bottom line is, you know, the Blackhawks, they're going to take the long road to, to getting back to contention there. Uh, right now, the roster is just... Not really anything good. I mean, I, I don't really know how else to say it, but it just kind of reminded me of the Ranger rebuild. But the difference between those two teams, yes, the Rangers, they kind of went full-fledged teardown rebuild for a couple of years there, and they trade away all these players that we love. And, you know, it hurts a little bit, but you also understand why they're doing it. You know, you kind of see both sides of it. The difference, though, is that the Rangers, when they went into the rebuild, it was never this bad. I mean, the Blackhawks are just an awful team. They, they've won fewer than a quarter of their games so far this season. And a lot of their losses, I mean, they just get run off the ice like they did in this game tonight. And that's what's even crazier about this to me. Like, I don't think that the Blackhawks were really lacking an effort in this game. You know, they actually outshot the Rangers, which is not the end-all be-all. But bottom line, a team that lost 7-1 to actually outshot the opposition. I thought they were skating pretty well. It's just there, there's nothing there. I mean, I mean, you've got an aging Taze and a declining Taze, an aging Kane and a, at least a somewhat declining Kane. I think you'd probably have to say that at this point. Um, not that he can't help a contending team because I certainly think he still could. But you've got that. And then otherwise, you know, it's a bunch of castaways and, and minor leaguers and it just not a good team. But I think we can all appreciate the fact right now to bring it back to the Rangers uh, just a very simple fact that it just never got this bad because, yes, the Rangers went through the, the rebuild, but they were never one of, like, the worst two or three teams in the league. It never was that bad. And in most seasons, even during the rebuild, you could maybe sort of kind of talk yourself into the idea that, well, hey, maybe the Rangers, I know they're rebuilding. Maybe they could, you know, squeak their way into the playoffs, be one of the last one or two teams into the dance. Uh, it didn't happen, of course, until this past season when, you know, the rebuild was basically complete. But at least the Rangers, 
it, it was never this awful. And, you know, they, they still gave us some decent hockey even when they were rebuilding. They weren't getting run out of the arena night after night after night because I can't even imagine what this is like as a Blackhawks fan. You know, Jack, you know, he's the host of Locked On Blackhawks. This cannot be a lot of fun for him right now. So, uh, yeah, again, I'm just appreciative of the fact the Rangers never truly bottomed out and were never truly uh, one of the, the absolute worst teams in the league. I, I think uh, that's something not to be taken for granted. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, again, it was just a pretty, uh, you know, lopsided win in favor of the Rangers. They went to Chicago. They took care of business against a team that they should beat. Seven straight wins heading into now. Uh, the Tuesday night clash in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Definitely looking forward to that. I, I'm sure that will be a hostile environment. I would bet anything there will be some chippiness, some fireworks, whatever you want to call it. But uh, these teams do not like each other. The fan bases do not like each other. And uh, I think we're in for a heck of a hockey game on Tuesday night. Uh, beyond that, though, yeah, let me just give a shout out to Igor Shesterkin. I do have this at the end of my notes here. Stop 29 of 30 shots. And again, you know, if you f- see the final score, oh, 7 to 1, I mean, I'm sure the Rangers cruised, which they kind of did. Um, but you would think it, it's one of those games where the Blackhawks just kind of laid down and die. Igor probably had an easy night. No, Igor was making some really nice saves in this game. And a- as we talked about in a recent episode, uh, he's right back into Vesna form and looking like one of the absolute best goalies in this league. So that's very nice to see as well. Uh, so. Again, just two more games left before the holiday break here at Pittsburgh Tuesday. Home against the Islanders on Thursday. Both games start at 7, and I think we're going to see Igor Shosturkin for both of those games. Uh, You know, again, just might as well make him the workhorse. You've got two games left against two rivals, and then you've got a a nice holiday break there. The Rangers are off for almost a week, so there's no reason really not to uh, go with Igor here. And then you can start him the first couple of games out of the break as well, which will be nice because Igor Shosturkin is, of course, the reigning Vesna winner, and like I said, one of the absolute best goalies on the planet, if not the best. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, and definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get Your podcast.